You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is hit well in a center field. That one's carrying out at center. It's out of here! Oh, Johnny with a pinch hit home run! At the plate is Mike Trout, the pitch on its way, it's blasted out to dead center field. Out of here. Ball gets away. He's going to break for the plate. Ball game is over. The Angels with a walk-off win here in the bottom of the ninth inning. This is the Angels Recap Podcast, a review of the past week in Angels baseball. Here's your host, Trent Rush. Welcome to the Angels Recap Podcast. My name is Trent Rush. Happy to be with you here in our Season Review Podcast. Now, what we're going to do is basically, we have so much content here, we're going to split this up into a couple of weeks. So, one of our Season Review is this week, and then we will finish things up next week. Mark Langston and I had a really great conversation on the air the night the Angels were eliminated last Friday when the Angels lost up at Dodger Stadium. And after that game, Mark Langston stuck around. We had a great late-night chat. I want to share that with you. That'll be on next week's show. But this week, we're going to spend some time talking about uh, what's going to happen for the Angels this offseason, trying to sort some things out. We're going to hear from Angels president John Carpino coming up on this show. I also had a conversation with Joe Madden about how this 60-game season went. We're going to talk about that. Plus, uh, just take a an overall look back at what happened during this 2020 season that really uh, started last October the 24th when Joe Madden was hired as Angels manager. We'll just take you through from the time Joe was hired to where we are today as the Angels, in case you missed it, have uh, since parted ways with general manager Billy Epler after five seasons. Uh, five seasons where the Angels didn't make the playoffs and were all losing seasons. And ultimately, uh, this is a clear message that the Angels are not just serious about winning. Winning is demanded here. And uh, personally, I just want to say I really like Billy. I think Billy is a really good man, and hopefully uh, he has success in whatever that next stop is. I I wish it could have happened uh, here with the Angels. I I think a lot of people feel that same way. But uh, Billy's a good man. I know he's really well-liked around this Angels organization, and again, we certainly uh, do wish him all the best. But after five seasons, the Angels making a change as far as general manager is concerned. And here's what John Carpino had to say about maybe why Billy wasn't a fit at this time for the Angels. At the end of the day, it was a business decision. And we're in the business of uh, winning baseball games. And we just didn't win enough over the five-year period. Yeah, and that really goes along with what I'm saying here. Uh, You look at uh, the five years for the Angels, they finished fourth out of five teams in the American League West. Five of those seasons, uh, he ends up with a win percentage of 469 after going 332 and 376. You know, and you you can say that Epler definitely improved the Angels' farm system when he took over. They were dead last in baseball and uh, were in 2016 again in 2017, jumped all the way up to 10, according to Baseball America in 2018. And as it stands right now, Baseball America ranks the Angels' farm system as 16th in MLB. So uh, a middle-of-the-pack farm system. Uh, the Angels certainly have some top prospects. Uh, when you look at the top four in particular, you know that you know basically every team in baseball is calling, checking in on those top four. And it'll be interesting to see uh, what kind of moves the next general manager makes in terms of how he handles those prospects and what the Angels decide uh, to do there moving forward. But you know, for the Angels, this is the third straight season of replacing either a general manager 
manager or a manager, and it's the fourth time in the last six years that that's been the case for the Angels. And look, you know, it's very simple. You got to win, and that's across pro sports. That is the case everywhere you go. Heck, you know, the college sports that I work with, it's the same deal there. I mean, the bottom line: if you win, everyone gets to stay together. But usually, if you're not winning, changes happen. That's just the part of sports, and it's an unfortunate part of it uh, because a lot of human lives have uh, are greatly impacted by that. But I, I think that's also something that you know when you get into sports, uh, it comes with the territory, and, and, and that's uh, really uh, what it boils down to for the Angels. John Carpino said in a statement, quote, the Angels organization would like to thank Billy for his dedication and work ethic over the last five years. We wish him and his family all the best. And Carpino was also asked uh, just the other day about what he anticipates from a new GM as far as philosophy and if there's going to be significant changes made to the way uh, the Angels want to play baseball moving forward. I think we're um, flexible and are open to it. You know, we'd like to have someone as part of the process. We'd like to have someone come in and tell us what they think of it. Plus, you know, we have Joe and his coaching staff. And like I said earlier, you know, Tony Roos has been with us a whole year as Stoneman and everybody look at every, everything. I don't want, I don't think if, if you get to a point where you don't embrace change and you think, obviously we're not doing it the right way and we're not winning games. So something is not right in, in our organization. Um, and so we have to look at it you have to look in the mirror to find out, okay, what's, what's happening here that's causing us not to be playing this week or, or deep into October. So um, I, I don't think you, you should be as egotistical enough to think that, oh, everything's fine and we're just going to have a general manager here uh, that, that comes in and we're going to keep all the systems the same because it's, there are things in there that aren't working. It's obvious because we're not getting the end result that each of us want. Can I tell you, when I hear that, it fires me up. It fires me up that winning is expected at a high level here. And Carpino talked about the responsibility, the tremendous responsibility that the organization feels for Mike Trout and the Trout legacy and all that's a part of that. I love hearing from the, you know, the top of the organization that the expectation is to win. And that's one of the things that I love about Artie Moreno is not every owner in Major League Baseball is obsessed with winning. Um, I think Artie is. Artie Moreno is a competitive guy, and he wants to see this team have lots of success on the field and get it done and win a championship. Winning a World Series is the primary focus here. I love getting to do what I do because I know that this organization, at the end of the day, wants to win so badly. And that's part of why I also can be fired up by the humility that it takes to take a step back and say, wait a minute. Things aren't necessarily working here. We got to get this right. We got to get this on track. We got to win. I love that. And when you have Trout and Rendon and you got that core and you have two of the best players in baseball together, you know, in their prime, mind you, you know that this is a window now to win a championship. And the Angels are going to go that way. And if you want to take a look at numbers, you know, there's a billion numbers you could look at to define the Angels season. For me, I'll just take the two most rudimentary. In the American League, the Angels scored the fourth most runs in the AL, and they gave up the third most runs in the AL. It's obvious. Pitching has to be a priority. But when it comes to getting a new general manager, Angels president John Carpino also talked about what the process is going to be like for finding a new GM. It's it's early in the process. Um, you know, with the decision with Billy was literally made o- over the weekend. 
Um, so I'm really just beginning that process with Artie uh, getting, um, you know, a, a large list together and then trying to narrow it down. Uh, it's not going to be a rush. I mean, ideally uh, to have someone in place, just call it by Thanksgiving uh, would be a, a good time frame for us. But we're going to we're going to go through the process and interview interview as many candidates as it take to get the, the right person for the job, Jeff. And Angels President John Carpino also went on to further explain the timeline here for what he's looking for. I don't want to put a time uh, limit that we have to hire someone by a certain date, because when you do that, I think you compromise the process. So I, I guess my answer to you is if we find someone in a week and that's the right person and we all feel that way, then we'll hire them in a week. If it takes six weeks, then it takes six weeks. Um, I, um, um, we have in place the kind of, um, you know, Bill Stoneman's assisting us, uh, Tony LaRussa is assisting us, uh, uh, this current staff uh, led by Jonathan Strangio is assisting us in the day-to-day operations that still continue in the baseball world. So I feel confident that uh, it, it's not like we cannot make any decisions because we don't have a, a current GM in place. Decisions can be made, Jeff, and they will be made if it betters the organization. Now, as for who the Angels are looking for in a general manager, John Carpino really said that you know this club is open to a lot of different ideas, and uh, he explains here. I think we're open to everything. You know, experience is one factor. Uh, scouting is a factor. Player development's a factor. Roster construction's a factor. Communication's a factor. Um, I, I think you take all of those um, attributes with GMs have and, and look at it and, and find out who the best person is that has, has those. And if they don't necessarily have a strong suit in one, then you try to build your whole baseball operations uh department so uh you're you're strong in every single category of the baseball operations world so if someone was doesn't come from a strong scouting background then be rest assured that we will have the best uh uh, scouting director uh leading that department you know to, to help him out help him or her out so there you go. That's John Carpino talking about the general manager search and, you know, who's going to be next in line here to uh, run the baseball operation here for the Angels is, you know, it is obvious the Angels need to be part of the postseason. They, they have a lot of the pieces, and really, I, I don't think the Angels are that many pieces away. There, there's a lot of changes that the Angels are going to have to make as far as the pitching staff is concerned, and I have a lot of confidence that, uh, you know, the group that's here right now understands what needs to happen. I, I have full faith and confidence in that particularly with Joe Madden as the field manager for the Angels who finished his first season with the Halos. And it's obvious this season did not go the way that the Angels would have wanted it to go. I do think that, and I'm not just saying this, I believe it, that the Angels' 20-game sample size, when they went 14-6, and six, that I think that's really something to build on for the Angels moving forward. And we didn't get to see a full season of what this team could do, especially with all the adjustments that had to happen that first month. The Angels got off to, to the terrible start that they got off to. But the way that they finished gives me a lot of hope and a lot of optimism for what could be coming for the Angels down the road. And John Carpino also spoke about the job he thought his manager, Joe, Madden did and, and some things that he saw in Joe that were encouraging to him. I think everybody brings their unique uh, skill set, uh, but definitely Joe's um, connection with the players um, and his passion for 
Um, I don't want to say that the other players didn't have that, but his, his connection with the players, um, you know, like, like Joe was saying earlier, this is a tough year for a first year manager uh, with the team. Uh, not that Joe's a first year man, first year with the team, because there's a process of getting to know the players, getting, you know, it, it's, it's, um, it's no different than in, in, in business. It's you're trying to get to know, you know, who you work with, what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are, who, who, who's going to step up in a, in a time and who's, who's not. And it takes time. And Joe had uh, a third of a season to try to figure that out basically. Uh, so, um, you know, that, that's why both, you know, Joe and I talked during the year. And so I feel really positive on next year because, you know, for the most part, most of the people that are on this, on the team is, and as Alden said earlier, the core with Mike and, and Anthony and Shohei and so forth will all be returning. And, and, and Joe has a better sense of what, what our players can do. And we'll share my conversation with Joe Madden uh, coming up here in a second. But, but first, I wanted to get to this, too. And, and this is the last thing uh, regarding John Carpino and what he had to say on Wednesday in a Zoom call with the media. And that was also talking about Angels owner Artie Moreno's involvement with the club and what the relationship is going to be like with a new GM and, and how that process is going to work. And here's what John said about that relationship and Artie's involvement as an owner talking with a general manager and how this club works towards winning a championship. I don't think it's unusual for a GM to discuss moves with owner really in any sport. I mean, our payroll's been north of 170 million, you know, for the last four or five years. I, I, I really believe that as an owner of a, a business and you have that type of investment, you want some return on your investment and the return on the investment that already looks for is wins. That's all he's looking for is wins. So for him not to have a say in his investment or knowledge on it, um, I, I don't know. I, I, I think, I, I think it's fair that he, uh, you know, has discussions and communication with the general manager. Um, you know, there was a lot of calls that, you know, Billy, you know, and all the GMs made without it. And, and, but Artie just want, you know, Artie likes, Artie loves the game of baseball and he, and, and he loves this team and he wants to deliver a championship here. That's, that's really the goal here. And he wants to, and he, and he likes being part of the process. He, and in my opinion, he deserves to be part of the process. He's the owner. There you go. And that's what I'm saying when I'm talking about the Angels' goals and the Angels' desire to win here. Like I said, at the end of the day, that is the most important thing. And that's why it's frustrating to have five straight losing seasons. And that's why it's frustrating uh, to not be in the playoffs for five straight years. Because you know the talent is there. You know that this club is working towards it. And now you know that the Angels are going a different direction as far as GM is concerned. As that's really a, a very crystal clear example of how badly the Angels want to win and what they have to do uh, to get this team not just to the postseason. Again, it's not just about making the playoffs. 
first, yeah, that's the first step is getting the playoffs. But the other part, too, is about winning and winning once you get to October and coming back with the World Series championship for the first time since 2002. That's the goal for the Angels very clearly. And uh, they have a great manager who, you know, obviously, like we said, the first year, not ideal for how this thing uh, went. And that's something that Joe Madden and I talked about uh, on Wednesday as well. How did you feel about the way that the 60 games played out in terms of getting your team to play a style of baseball that I know that uh, we've talked about from the day that you took the job here? How did you feel like that came along in those 60 games? Typically, I think, um, again, we were the second month, which should have been May, and it's September. Um, definitely saw an improvement in a lot of areas. And the one thing I talked to you guys about, I know from the beginning, was how it takes at least a month to figure your bullpen out especially a bunch of guys I pretty much had not been around before. And I thought uh, a lot of the improvement in the second month was based on uh, having uh, being better able to situate bullpen arms in the right spots and, and putting the right guys out there at the right time. It's so when, when guys get off to a bad start in that two month gig right there, they're always pressing to get back to their numbers that they or, or the way that they're normally accustomed to. And it just doesn't happen that way. There wasn't enough time for, for people to make adjustments. There wasn't enough time for corrections. But um, there was that, I thought, the right trajectory regarding how we're supposed to play the game and how we did play the game. After all, we, up until that Dodgers series, we had the best record um, of any major league team for the, the previous 20 games. But also playing that Dodgers ser- series illustrates exactly what we need to get done. Um, primarily on the field, we can play with them any day of the week, but we have to pitch better in order to beat that particular group, which is something that really was highlighted. You watch the playoffs right now, and the teams that really uh, do a great job on the mound are going to be the teams that kind of dominate this time of the year. So trajectory was good. Things were um, uh, illustrated. Things uh, came to our attention exactly what we need to attend to. But it was uh, in that short year, and I know it's a season. I know we're all playing under the same set of rules. But uh, normally that second month is when corrections begin. Um, so April, May, by June, uh, having given been given enough time, I think we would have been in pretty good shape um, being able to make some adjustments, acquisitions, or pe- bringing people up or down. So I liked uh, the trajectory of the season. Uh, it was just something that was a little bit too short. And Joe, in regards to that 20-game stretch that you were talking about, I'd just like to know what you make of that stretch. Is that something that that was a team getting hot for 20 games, or was that maybe something that can be tangible growth that can translate beyond uh, just a a three-week period? I think it's tangible growth. I thought it was definitely a method of play. I thought our method of play improved. I thought we, um, as a group, started to understand uh, each other better, the team concept better, uh, what it uh, took to, to ascend. And then like, even like certain guys um, who had not done well started coming on. Justin Upton's a great example of that. The ascension of Jared Walsh was, was pretty darn important. And if you look eventually uh, with uh, Taylor Ward, don't forget, we got rid of some pretty good players. <laughs> you know, Goody was gone. Uh, Tommy Law was gone. But also by them being gone, it, it, afforded, opportunity, it afforded opportunity for other people. So uh, I don't the biggest thing I think is that there was an ascension. I thought in progress, uh, some young guys got opportunity and took to that. Well, the guys that had been there um, continued to play well. Um, look at what Max Stassi did this year. I came in here and all I was told about was what a great defensive player he was. And he is, but 
he was a much better offensive player than I was ever uh, imagined in my mind's eye. And Anthony Benboom as a backup, again, at 30 years old, but he looks like he's 22, uh, did a great job in the backup role. Um, you saw what eventually occurred in the bullpen when Andresi and Pena were given opportunity outside of just being long guys. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of good stuff going on. And like I said, there was not that correction moment where you could actually – because we were, you know, we're trying to go from a team that did not win a lot of games here before to a team that ascends to the playoff. We just needed a little bit more time. It wasn't there. Uh, but we, we now know directly, I, 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 I know exactly what needs to be addressed. And uh, so now I think we have a clear vision for the wintertime. Thanks both John and Joe for giving us plenty of time on Wednesday to discuss a lot of different things. And, you know, we're happy to share that with you here as part of the Angels Recap Podcast and try to figure out uh, what 2021 and beyond is going to be like for the Angels. And and for the Halos, the 2021 path to a championship has already begun as they look to make decisions uh, to help the Angels not just get to October, but to win once they get there. And uh, the Angels have a long road ahead, but clearly uh, this is a step the Angels feel is in the right direction to get this team a little closer to winning and to get Mike Trout to the playoffs because ultimately, like I've said, that's what it's all about here. It's about getting to October and winning in October. And it's not just about one guy either. It's about this entire club and this organization in a year that, you know, the fans have been so sorely missed. And that is something that I don't think can be expressed enough because just in terms of how players feel on the fields and the way that they play and the way everything just happens around baseball. It, it, yes, it was weird and awkward and bizarre being here for the ball game. It was lonely being here for games and not having you here. But part of the beauty about this game is that it's a generational game. And it's about you know bringing loved ones with you to the ballpark and enjoying those experiences together. It doesn't happen on your couch watching it on TV. It can to a certain extent, but it really hits home when you're sharing helmet nachos together or enjoying a, an ice cream sundae or um, just taking in a game in so many different ways together at the ballpark. And that camaraderie, that's what makes baseball unlike any other sport in the world. I know that every other sport, fans go to games, and you know there, there's plenty of experiences that you can have, but there's nothing like being at a ball game for that. It, it is the quintessential summertime activity in America, and we were robbed of that this year. And I can't wait for the day to have you all back. I hope it's opening day 2021 where we can have 40,000 people here and we can you know, the big A can be packed and we can enjoy Angels baseball and uh, they can feed on that off of that and the Angels can go on and, and have a great season and you're here every step of the way as part of it and that's part of why I, I just I do want to take a moment to thank our fans for being as engaged as you have been uh, both here on the podcast and on the radio and watching on TV and being into Angels baseball I know that it's hard when you know the Angels had a fifth straight losing season and you weren't able to be at the ballpark to see this team. But to the diehard fans that are in it every day, following along and are as passionate as you are, I see this stuff on Twitter, and it's not always sunshine and rainbows. It shouldn't be. But that kind of passion is what I love about Angels fans, about how dedicated and driven you are and how bad you want to win too. I want to win. You want to win. Everybody here in the Angels organization, fans included, everybody wants to win a championship. That's what it is about. 
And I'm fired up that hopefully that day is not too far away and uh, the Angels can take a step closer towards getting there because uh, this club needs to win. With, with the talent that is here, that has to happen. And, and that is the expectation for this organization. And that's one of uh, uh, many, many reasons why I'm, I'm proud to work here and excited to do this podcast for you every week and be on the radio for pre- and post-game shows and you know morning updates and all kinds of stuff. Uh, I, I love that. And, and you fans are, are one of the biggest reasons why when you're at the ballpark and we can have that experience together, that needs to come back, not just you know for the superficial short-term reasons, but also for the long-term integrity of our game and the growth of our great game. That needs to happen. Okay, on the Angels Recap radio show, I spent a little bit of time reflecting on the 2020 season as we take a look back at what the last year was like for Angels baseball. Long before the strangest, shortest, loneliest season in baseball history, the Angels' quest for a crown came with fresh hope in a new leader. On October 24th of 2019, a homegrown champion was reunited with his first family. On behalf of the Angels organization, I would like to welcome you to this afternoon's press conference to introduce Joe Madden as the club's new manager. Good afternoon. How cool is this? And with that, fresh optimism from everybody within the organization, especially at the top. We're really excited. I mean, I'm excited for the fans, and we just need to get back on the winning track. Well, with the first step to that winning track complete, Angels owner Artie Moreno continued that commitment at the winter meetings in San Diego. No third baseman has ever been paid more annually than Anthony Rendon will be from the Los Angeles Angels. They have a very, very powerful lineup, including what I would say is the best 3-4 combo in baseball now with Trout and Rendon. But for a defending World Series champion, it was family first in Rendon's decision to move west with a chance to win still at the forefront. These guys, you know, they always want to win, so they're going to go for it. And even if they end up signing myself, they said that they weren't done. They want to continue to build, you know, a great team. So uh, um, we're just looking forward to actually going out there and playing. So when February came, the 2020 season arrived in Tempe as bright as the sun on a desert morning as the get to know you stage began. What's up, brother? Taylor, how you doing, man? My pleasure. I saw you last year. What's up, man? Good to see you today. But in the midst of the bonding with this team, a break that nobody saw coming. The sports world is being affected by the coronavirus pandemic. MLB delayed, NBA suspended, NHL paused, March Madness canceled. Spring training officially is suspended. Players are in limbo. I'm sure there's a lot of discussion with families about how to proceed here going forward. On March 12, 2020, sports came to a screeching halt, and baseball was no exception. It was in that moment that everyone knew this season would be unlike any other, but no one knew just how unlike any other. When players were sent home from spring training, we didn't know that businesses would close, travel would stop, and as a society, we would be on lockdown. But we were, and by the time it came time to try to come back, there was no easy solution. I think our goal is to play as many baseball games as we possibly can, given uh, the limitations uh, associated with the public health concerns. There's a lot of red flags, there's a lot of questions. Um, obviously, we have we would have to agree on it as players, but I think the mentality is we want to get back as soon as we can. But obviously, it's got to be realistic. You know, we can't be sitting in our hotel rooms, and, you know, just going from the field to the hotel room and not being able to do anything. I think that's just. Uh, I think that's pretty crazy. And when Mike Trout said the owners and the players would need to come to an agreement, we had no idea how big of a challenge that would be. So much so that for roughly six weeks, there was no clarity regarding there being a baseball season. Not because of COVID, but because the owners and players couldn't get along. This relationship is so toxic and so unproductive 
that it is unpredictable. I do think they'll eventually get a deal, and only then can we really begin to assess the damage to the product because of how these negotiations have played out over the last six weeks. 5 p.m. Eastern time was the deadline for the players to uh, come back with an answer to the owner's latest proposal, and they have come to an agreement, it seems. I I almost feel scared to say this for a 60-game season. 60 games, expanded rosters, expanded playoffs, new rules. Coaches would be in masks, players would be tested daily, travel would be reduced, and everyone at the ballpark would stay six feet apart with games being played without any fans. But with the promise of a season, renewed hope in the Angels, particularly with Shohei Otani on the mound, and after three weeks of Angels summer training camp, it finally came time for the abbreviated season to begin. The importance of a hot start was known, but for the Angels, it didn't happen. In fact, the first half really couldn't have been much worse. First, Rendon missed four games with an oblique injury. Then Mike Trout missed four games for the birth of his son, Beckham. Then you couple that with five blown saves by the Angels' bullpen in the first 10 games, and then this on August 2nd. So Tani with the 3-1, bases loaded, and that is a fastball. It's outside, and he walked him, and a rough inning here for Otani. First inning couldn't have been any better. Second inning, Otani walks five batters. Following today's game, Shohei expressed some discomfort in his pitching arm. And that effectively would end Otani's season as a pitcher. By the time the Angels would start to gel, it was pretty late. And at 9-22 through their first 31 games, it was the Angels' worst start to a season in club history. But then came September, when the Angels would surge. And in that, some personal milestones. First on September 5th, when the Angels' career home run record went from one fish to another. Next pitch on Mike Trout. This is lifted high in the air into right field. That ball's hit well, and that one is out of here. That is home run number 300 in Mike Trout's Angel career. And with that home run, Trout passed Angels legend Tim Salmon. Then on September 13th, Albert Pools would catch baseball legend Willie Mays. Albert Sky went down the left field line, hit well. He's watching this one go. That is gone. Big fly number 660 for Albert Pools. He is just now tied Willie Mays on the all-time home run list. And Pools would pass him a few days later, but the Angels' September rally was highlighted by a much younger first baseman, Jared Walsh, a 39th-round draft pick that sparked the Angels to a 14-6 record from September 3rd to September 23rd. And in that stretch, the Angels had the best record in all of baseball. But on Friday the 25th at Chavez Ravine, the Angels' improbable dreams came to an end. In the third-to-last game of the regular season, the Halos were still mathematically alive and got help from the Texas Rangers, who came back to beat Houston when down to their final strike. But with a two-run fifth-inning lead, big thanks to a Mike Trout three-run shot off a of Kershaw, the Angels would let that lead slip away along with their hopes of the postseason. So for the fourth time in Mike Trout's career, the Angels were the last team eliminated from playoff contention, something Mike Trout insists must be turned around. Biggest thing is getting to the playoffs. It's time. I mean, we got to get to the playoffs. Ultimately, it's about winning. A mission still to be accomplished in the Mike Trout era. In 2020, we'll remember the coronavirus, the social movements, and civil unrest. We'll remember being locked down, financial instability, and how baseball helped to bring the nation back. For all the devastation of the 2020 year, maybe the September Angels can give some hope. Where they finished wasn't ideal, but how they got there and the fight at the end was admirable as we all try to push back to what was normal. The Angels fought and came up short, but there's always another season and the hope for a better tomorrow because of the heart they showed yesterday and today. For AM830, I'm Trent Rush.
And that's going to just about do it for us here on the Angels Recap Podcast. I want to thank everybody that helps put this show together. Thanks to all of you once again for being a part of the podcast and for being a part of Angels Recap and listening to Angel Games all year long. You know, we had Mark Langston in studio uh, after that Friday night when the Angels were eliminated. That will be the next podcast where we're going to basically uh, rehash some of that conversation we had with with Langer there uh, after that game and some really good stuff, some really good fan input there. Uh, We're going to have that for you, plus we'll go through uh, some of the best moments of the 2020 season as well. So that's coming up on our podcast next week. And then after that, we'll talk about what the future of this podcast uh, is going to be moving forward. We're going to take a little bit of a break, maybe not too long, uh, but we'll see. We are going to take a a little bit of time off from this podcast and then uh, pick things back up a little bit later on in the winter. But uh, in the meantime, we do appreciate you tuning into the Angels Recap Podcast each and every week. Thank you to all those that have downloaded, subscribed, and uh, giving us ratings and reviews helps a ton as well. So for all of us here at the Angels Recap Podcast, I am Trent Rush. Have a great rest of your day, and thanks for tuning in to the Angels Recap Podcast. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.